Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Come on, side, side, side. One, two, one, two. Slap in the face, motherfuckers. What's good? All you internets out there, rest in peace to the one and only Combat Jack, the man who put me in the position in the first place to even be podcasting. This is, come on, son. The podcast, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, brought to you by CigarsInternational.com. Make sure you go to Cigars International for all your smoking needs. Like me, I'm smoking that brand new Monte Cristo that was sent to me by my people at CigarsInternational.com. That shit is the bomb. Stupid fucking good. I'm telling you, if you want a great cigar, CigarsInternational.com, got all your cigar needs, and put my code in, motherfucker. Put the code in, add 10 off. When you check out, you get 10% off your entire purchase. Put my code in, motherfucker, add 10 off, all right? Stop playing. I had to tell one of my boys that the other day we was out smoking, and he was like, what's your code again? I'm like, how many times I got to tell you the code? Add 10 off, E-D-1-0-O-F-F, for all you avid fucking cigar nuts just like myself. Had to go get some butane the other day. I was down in uh, High Park Cigars in Chicago. I was like, damn, I need some butane for my light. I was like, fuck that. I'll go on cigarsinternational.com, buy my butane, have it delivered to the crib, and get 10% off my entire purchase. And I bought a, bo- a box of cigars while I was there. All right? So, add 10 off cigarsinternational.com. Big Smoke is coming up in November. I'm going to that shit. So, if you're going to Big Smoke in Vegas... Make sure you highlight your boy when you see me out there, because I'm definitely, definitely going. So, let's get to today's podcast. Guess who I got coming in? Oh, my God. First of all, I am a big fan of this man's work. He is the youngest director to ever be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director. He gave us classic movies like Poetic Justice. That was 25 years ago. He appeared with me on Yom TV Rides when I put my hand over Tupac's mouth when he was talking about beating the Hughes brothers' asses for firing him um, from Minister Society. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about the one and only Mr. John Singleton. That's right, the man who directed the video for Michael Jackson's 1991 single, Remember the Time, which featured Eddie Murphy, Iman, and Magic Johnson. The man who started Ice Cube's acting career. 
Boys in the Hood came out in 91. It made the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress. This man used to be a PA on Pee Wee's Playhouse in 86, where he met Lawrence Fishburne. If you remember, Lawrence Fishburne went on to co-star in Boys in the Hood. He has a star on a Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's a native of South Central Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. He did Higher Learning. He did Baby Boy. He did Boys in the Hood. He did Rosewood. He did Shaft in 2000, Too Fast, Too Furious in 2003, Four Brothers in 2005, and recently co-created the crime drama Snowfall. Snowfall is fucking dope. If you're not watching Snowfall, you're bugging. Along with John Singleton, Damson Idris will be my in-studio guest on this podcast today. Damson is a young man who stars as Franklin Saint, a young street entrepreneur who is beginning to experience the perils and the ups and downs and all arounds of being a Coke slash crack dealer in early Los Angeles. So those brothers are coming in. And I didn't know um, that Damson is actually not from the United States. He's actually from South Central, South Central London. <laughs> See, y'all thought y'all caught me out there with that. He ain't from the United States shit, didn't you? Oh, no, wrong again. Wrong, as the late great Charlie Murphy would say. Wrong. Okay, so John Singleton is going to be my in-studio guest. Um, I got to talk to John about a lot of shit, man. I got to talk about Snowfall. Um, I got to talk about 25 years since Poetic Justice. Um, got to talk about, especially, remember, he was supposed to do that Tupac movie, and then they went on to do the Tupac movie and totally fucked the Tupac movie up. That's just my opinion. With great movies that came out, I thought the Biggie movie was good. I really, 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 really thought the NWA movie was spectacular. And I do understand there's a lot of stuff that you can leave out in a biopic because somebody's there's a lot of sit to have in a biopic. Now, when it came to the NWA movie, I thought it was wrong for them to leave out um, the D-Bond stuff when Dre beat D-Bond's up because that was such an epic point in Dre's life and in D-Bond's life. Um, I thought it was wrong for them to leave Michelle out of the goddamn movie too. Um, and then when it came to Tupac's movie, there's a lot of shit that got left out, man. His friendship with my man, the late great, uh, stretch. Um, and the fact that Pac got married when he got locked up, you know, and that epic, uh, John Singleton, uh, you know, they left that out and, and left out the, the, the fact that he did poetic justice left out the fact that he was supposed to be a minister society to fight with the Hughes brothers. And the fact that MTV actually had, um, MTV actually had um, subpoenaed that footage from the show. So we got to talk to John today, man, and it should be a really great interview. So y'all buckle up, okay? John Singleton and Damson Idris from Snowfall on Come On, Son, the podcast. Come on, son, son. We can just straight jump into this interview. Like I was telling y'all, man, I have Mr. John Singleton in the building with me along with Damson Idris. We are going to talk Snowfall. Season two premieres July 19th, 10, 9 Central on FX. And I've been binge watching the shit out of Snowfall, bro. Hell yeah, I saw the show, bro. Let's show it. That. Let me see how we do it. Yeah, I see how you do it. Tell me, tell me about this show, man. Where did this come from? How well, did you think of this? I need to get, give me the whole rundown on this one, John. Well, I was trying to get on TV and I was like, damn, I gotta find something to do this. That I, only I could do, and I was like, I got to keep it West Coast, and uh, I was thinking about I got to do something that was before Boys in the Hood, 
You know, like why did South Central Los Angeles get the way it was? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, because crack came in and just changed everything. So I was like, I should do a show about it. And that was it. Okay, so people kind of attribute the crack cocaine epidemic in South Central Los Angeles to Freeway Rick Ross, right? Some people do, but, you know, that's the only people who don't know. I mean, there was a lot of people that was working in that game. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Rick was is the most famous person that come out of it that's actually had kind of a, a street lore about him. But this is, I mean, I, for, for do this, I consult like my family and the people that I know that was in it mm-hmm. like on the show. My my cousin Smokey is my first cousin, who's my big brother. He basically is is the cultural consultant on the show. Okay, you know what I mean. Him and him and uh, and uh, Dub C from the Mad Circle. Oh wow! Dub C Dub C works with Stampson all the time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! So, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping it real West Coast, you know. Like, you know, what, <laughs> I know, how you know you about do. me. You know about me, Ed. You know, why, I keep why, it real. Is it, it's important to you, John, as a director and a producer, to represent uh, South Central the way you have always represented it for so many years. It is because it's where I'm from, and um, I'm always. You know how people always talk about having a knowledge of self and being, you know, knowing who you are and and what you have and what your brand is. It's it's like it's worked for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't I ain't losing by being me. You know, boys good, baby boy, all the way through. Snowfall, snowfall. Like my people hold me down. They they expect me to be real. How how long does did it take from the inception of you coming up with the idea of snowfall to uh, not fruition? Long. Not long, like a year. Really? A year? Yeah. Was Is that because of your track record of things that you've done? Is- well, it was after I, after I actually um, Empire started happening, uh-huh. and then Power started coming, in and I started going having meetings saying, "Well, I'm gonna do TV. All these people doing TV, you know, like they, they <laughs> think they doing it. I'm a, you know, right? They was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I was like, this is what I want to do. Every people were like, okay, we want we want to do your TV show. Okay, so it was just that simple. Yeah. So what was it a matter of writing it? Did you write the, the initial pilot uh, yourself? Wrote, wrote the initial pilot with the um, writing partner Eric Amadio, and then we took it to uh, FX, and uh, you know, and then met this guy right here, you know, the latest British import. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Damson uh, Idris is in the building. Damson, welcome, brother. Welcome, welcome. How you doing? You I'm welcome. good. How are you? Very, very Watching good. Snowfall. Seeing your portrayal of Franklin Saint, I would have never thought until I read the bio that you are not a native of South Central Los Angeles. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but you are from South Central though. South Central <laughs> London. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was how is it how is it how is it similar? How is South Central London similar to South Central Los Angeles? We're both hood, man. We're both hood. You know, we both have the same relationships with many of our fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of single he's moms. Peck, he's from Peckham, England. <laughs> yeah, Peckham, yeah. England. There's no tea and crumpets where I'm from. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, you know, I, I said this the other day. If you put five um, young kids from Peckham in a room with five young kids from South Central, you won't know the difference. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you prepare to play Franklin Saint? Because he's so South Central. I stayed in Snoop Dogg's house for six months. Are you kidding me? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was gonna say, your Rome alone would have fucked you up. Yeah, you've been twisted. But I listen to his music. You know, I listen to Ice Cube's music. Um, obviously, consulting with Dub C every day, going through the accent, and basically just conversations with John. You know, and his upbringing it was really important to understand what South Central was like before crack cocaine. And yes, it was a, a working class neighborhood, but you know, it was still fun in its own right. And then this bong came, and then. 
once you know that, you instantly know how to play someone from that time. How do you find a balance? Because you're Franklin, I don't I don't look at Franklin as your normal, you know, you see something like snowfall that concerns the streets. I don't see Franklin as a normal thug. He's kind of mm-hmm. like a Because he isn't a thug. You know, nah. it's a sweet kid who likes wrestling and karate, you know, and Right. And um it's really important to show um young people in that time who are like that because there were many of them, you know. They weren't all um gangsters. You know, and, and this is someone who's getting into this game not to be a gangster, but to help his family and get out of the situation. But, you know, through the actions and the conflict that's coming his way, especially in season two, his soul's going to be chipped away and then he will turn into that person. There's so many different layers to all the characters that in Snowfall. Was that important to you, John, to create layers? Because I think the best characters that you remember on television or in film, have layers to them as characters. I just want the audience to watch it and be like, I know somebody like that. I, you know, somebody in their family, friend of theirs, like that. And I just feel like uh, characters, if they're not real to the audience or they're not real to the people, then they can't be real to the audience. Right. You know, and so that's what we really work hard on. How long did it take you to cast? I, I mean, like, this, took, this kid is the perfect a fucking while, kid, dude. Find, you, you, this, you don't get this... <laughs> He's the once in a lifetime actor to work yeah. with, man. This, this dude, he's always full of surprises, and and the stuff he comes up with, you know. Sometimes, you know, like I go to you, we doing something on set, and I'm be like, damn, I be punching him and shit, like shooting <laughs> me, like you know, like damn, what you coming? He's like, man, I was just, it just came out of me. He just says, you know, it just came out of me. Yeah, yeah. because you're able to show a lot of vulnerability yeah. as as Franklin too, yeah. you know the the. Uh, the uh, couple of scenes with you and the uh, actor that plays your father, I find it very dynamic. You you can see the angst in you that uh, there's some anger, but yet there's some vulnerability. That Franklin really wanted his father in his life, but he can't put up with his father at the same time. It comes from real life, man. I, I really want my father in my life, mm-hmm. and, and I can't put up with him. You know? So it, it, I feel like when you're able to draw from reality, you could portray it on the screen as easy as possible. What's crazy is that the character in the show, his father succumbed to drug addiction. and From being a Black Panther. If y'all haven't seen the first season, your fault. And then also, but and he's always telling, you know, so Franklin doesn't do no drugs or no nothing. He's really squeaky clean. But on the other side, Franklin is like going to become the worst, worst, worst because he's so, he becomes so grimy. Right. The, the more, you know, like he tries to be clean in one Okay, way. so in season one, we saw Franklin get his ass whipped and get his drugs taken away from him. We ain't gonna see no shit like that in season two. Well, he he comes. I'm just say he you gotta watch harder. the show. You, you gotta watch. <laughs> I watch the show now, so I can't he, wait. He, get, he 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 becomes really really hardened, but you gotta watch the show and everything. We ain't gonna say we're gonna tell you some bullets is gonna be flying, you know. But he's not gonna be running around getting his ass whipped the whole damn season. Like you know, he ain't yeah. no punk. Yeah, absolutely. And the show is more, it's the CIA operative and, and it's, it's the, it's the Latino gangsters and their drug dealers. It's so, it's three, it's almost like three different stories going on in one it is, story. It is. But you, what this season is unique is you start to see them meet each other and interact oh. with each other. So it takes it to another level when those characters from the different worlds start to interact with each other. And oh. So that's the intensity comes from them. That's dope. Damson, yeah. are they getting snowfall in England? They are. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, they how, are. How, how's the reaction now when you go home? I mean, I'm walking down the street and packing on people like, yo, walk on, Frank. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. 
crazy. Like people are like, oh, I was watching you in jail, bruv. Like it's really cool because people are getting to see someone like me from the community I grew up in to come to Hollywood and and, and do great things. You know, so right. I'm 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 loving the platform I have right now because I'm inspiring the youth in my community. Absolutely, what, John. What do you say to people that say, well? He ain't from South Central. He's from London. There's this big influx of all of these English actors. You could have hired somebody from America. What the fuck, John? Why you ain't do what you supposed to do? I, I tell him, step your acting game up. <laughs> you know, I mean, you see all the people that I work with. Everybody that I work with throughout my whole career, they 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 bring some. They bring the real. They bring it real. Uh huh. If you ain't ready to bring it real, you ain't ready to work with me. It's been That's 25 years since Poetic Justice. The other day, somebody posted when you and Pac came with your own TV rides with me, oh, and Pac was talking shit about beating up the Hughes brothers, and you, know, you were they like, use that in the court case. "Yes, they used it in the court go, case." I had to go talk and defend him in the court case using when we was on their show, and I said, and I had to play it off. I was like, Man, "Oh, he was just acting on the show. He was just he was just being, you know, because when he beat up the Hughes brothers on on the Spice One set, I had to use that, and it'd be like, I, I told him, I was like." I told him to do that because we were advertising the movie. Right. And then he ended up having it. So for everybody that don't know, 25 years ago <laughs> this week, Tupac and John came on your own TV rides with myself and Dr. Damn. Dre. To, it's been 25 years to wow. promote Poetic Justice, the movie. Pac had been working with the Hughes brothers. He was actually... Supposed to be a minister's society. He's supposed to be old dog, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yes. Yeah. He's supposed to be old dog. No, and they eventually... He's supposed to be the... the um, the, mu- the Muslim kid. Oh, it's supposed to be oh, the Muslim kid. Yeah, okay, Sharif or something. Like right, that. a Sharif, and they, they, he said they fired him, but they fired him in a punk ass snitch way. And if you knew Tupac the way John and I knew Tupac, you knew that was not gonna <laughs> that fucking was not fly. Go so well. he goes to a Spice One video shoot. He sees one of the Hughes brothers there, and he be- and he starts fighting a guy. Yeah. And he comes on your own TV rides, and he starts, starts talking, talking about, about it. it. Oh, so John fine. is trying to promote I'm trying to, and justice. I'm trying to cover Pac's mouth, right? Like, so I had to snatch him up and put my hand against him. I covered his I mouth like, up. We don't want to get into that. And eventually, it was a court case against them. They and subpoenaed they used that tape. Yeah, they, they subpoenaed, subpoenaed tape, the tape. And I had to go to court over that. Man. This, and he ended up doing 15 day, days in jail yeah, behind jail. it. Behind it. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was it was 25 years ago. It's and that's such a fucking classic. So if that's 25 years ago, Poetic Justice, Boys in the Hood was what 91. Yep. Two years before. The year that. I was born. That's the year you were born in 91? Yeah, I know. Wow. Don't, don't speak. And that. here we are full circle. John <laughs> is the youngest, youngest director to ever be nominated for an Academy Award. Have you, your star's on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, man. What do you, what did you do that you want to do? Now you're, you got Snowfall on television with this great actor. I'm going to do some more movies, but. What's the last movie you did, John? My last movie, my last move was Abduction with Taylor Lautner. Okay, you know I did that um, like a while ago, but I've been just doing television because the movies that they're making now, man, you know it's really hard to really keep it real. You know what I mean? Like it's like unless you're doing a superhero picture and stuff, um, it's just hard to keep it real. So, but I'm my next movie actually I'm doing it with Taraji. Okay, so it's gonna be the Emmett Till story. Oh, great! Wow, that's sitting here in Chicago. Yeah, in Mississippi. Yeah. And just right now, it's like since I did so much in my twenties. You got to remember, I did Boys in the Hood all the way through uh, Rosewood in my twenties. Yes, you know what I mean, like <laughs> right. Know, you know what I'm saying? So, and then I was doing you know real commercial movies, Fast and Furious, and Shaft, and Four Brothers. 
and stuff. And so my attitude is like, I when I do a movie, I gotta really just make it like what I want to do. I don't want to just somebody say, "Hey, here's my script," because I get I get offered doing movies all the time, and I turn them down because, you know, it's it ain't worth spending a year and a half of my life on unless it's like something I really want to do. Right. Honestly speaking. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's a great goddamn position to be in, too, isn't it? It's, it's cool. It's like it's great. You know. And so I find other things that keep my thing. I, I got a yacht. Start learning how to sell. <laughs> I, know, I don't want to sound like a bougie nigga. And shit, that's but, all right. But, that's but all right. Saying, Fuck but it. But like, I'm from L.A. And I'm right there with him. <laughs> but I'm from L.A. So L.A. LA and I'm in L.A. and Miami. So I'm always near the water. And I was just like thinking one day, like, I want to I know how to do that. So right. that keeps my my soul. And my, you used to live in Marin Del Rey. Right? Yeah, hell yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, I'm living that life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't, I ain't like in the videos of posting, I'm posing and stuff. I'm, I'm living to really live. I can, go, I can go to Mexico if I want to in a day on my boat. Right. So why am I going to be worried about, you know, movies is cool. I love doing movies, but that's that's a whole other thing. Right. Know? That's another I'm hustle altogether. I'm living my best life. So at, at this point in your career right now, John, can you do, you just doing whatever the fuck you feel like doing? I'm doing whatever I want to do. God bless you, brother. I'm doing what I want to do. That's, not, God bless I'm you. I'm not going to stress myself off of off, off different amazing stuff. God bless you. Let me ask you another question. It's been 27 years since Boys in the Hood. They always doing remix. Remix. What would We're you never going to remake. What would you think if somebody else did it? No, I would not let that happen. If, if, you if, would have another Hughes Brothers situation. You, okay, I, I have a question. Have if a they question. tried to. I have a question. What? If you were to remake Boys in the Hood, what character would you make me play? Today. Yeah. Today. And yeah. Boys in the Hood? Yeah, if you did a remake. Ricky! Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're black enough to play the Morris uh, character. Uh, yeah, you would tell you, you would be, definitely be the Ricky part. Uh, <laughs> you got too much edge to play the 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 um the, the, the Cuba Gooding part. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you definitely. Know. Shout out to Q. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Cuba Good Jr., actually, and then went on to win a fucking Academy Award. And I know. That has to make you feel good. I know it feels good. Cuba, excuse my brother, man. You know what I never got to talk to you about, man? Let's dip into this a little bit. You and I knew Pac very well. Mm -hmm. And I was out the last time you came to the radio station for an interview. You were supposed to do the Tupac story. Yeah, I know. I really don't want to get in that, but you want to get in that because you know. Only yeah, let's talk about you know, it. I'm, Damn right. Because I was very disappointed that, with that, it, and I told like, LT I was. It cut my heart out that they that they basically got the rights. They, they basically gangster legally from his mother before she was alive, got busted, so made finished the core to get the rights to make her son's story. And then they made a bad movie. Right. I said, I could walk away from it if they would have, and then they would have made a good movie or whatever. But they, they just, they wanted to make a movie really about Pac's end of his life, about what he was, what he became, not what he was. Right. And you know, you and I know he was a real idea. He was 20 years old when yeah. you and I knew him. That's right. And, it's, and he was just, People don't understand about Tupac. Tupac was, since he was a child of the revolution, he was always trying to get back and and to trying to do something for his people. Mm -hmm. So he was always starting movements. First it was the New Africa Panthers, then it was Thug Life, then it was something else. Like, and so, but then when he started becoming really big in hip hop, um, you know, in a, in a dysfunctional way, he was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to get this money. Right. You know what I mean? But he wasn't... When we first met him, he wasn't that dude. That's he right. Was, he was basically that's what I, to, he was I, just trying to do something for us. People, I, I said, I'm going to use this. Kind of, I'm probably the only dumb motherfucker to tell Pac, 
man, forget all that, that rapping. You be an actor, right? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's a rapper. Right? He was he natural. Was like, he was like, man, he was, to me, he was like, man, fuck you. I got I got to do my music. I'm, you know, he was a natural. But people, the more crazy and dysfunctional that his life became, the mer- the the better his music became. That's right. You know, and and the movie that I want to do, I want to do a movie about a kid who was born in the revolution that became kind of distorted within show business. I mean, the, the, the thing that I wanted to do, you know, the characters in it, I mean, he, I had this relationship with Left Eye. I had him down when we was down at Freaknik. Yes, sir. I, I was I, with him. We, we was, <laughs> I was fucking with him. At Freaknik. I was with him with his relationship. I tell like, everybody like 20, the Left Eye story. People, black people down down Peachtree, strippers from Magic City. Yes, yes sir. Cars, we got thrown music. out of Magic City together. Me, him, and Stretch got physically thrown the fuck out of Magic City for a while in Magic City. It was my room key that he <laughs> took to go upstairs and fuck with Left Eye, and then he came down straight because she had on Naughty by Nature underwear, and he was fucking pissed I, about I, it. I, that was in the script. I had him say, you know, if, if she was like, because I was there. It's like, right. either you my girl. He says, I want to be a girl. She's like, is you my girl? Why you fuck Tretz? Why you fuck my boy Tretz? Right. And he's like, and she's like, I had to, had to care. She's like, what's that got to do with you? <laughs> See? Like, I had the real stuff in there. And they were like, you know, I mean, I had the stuff. I mean, I had stuff that people, only people who lived it would know. And they weren't about that. So I was like, fuck y'all. I ain't, you know, I ain't doing the movie. Man, do you think now it could be done again? I'm going to give it a few years. I'm okay. Give it a few years. Okay. Because, uh. You know, now this generation, they you know, they're all uh, all about social media. They yeah. they only know what they saw last week. You know, I mean, so I'm letting it go and die. And damn son, it, it bothers the fucking shit out of me that John wasn't able to do it because I felt like somebody that really, really knew this dude the way that I knew him, the way John knew him, the way Stretch knew him, the way Mo Prem knew him, the way his you know his family knew him. I kind of felt like when I saw it, they spent too much time. Which on Shug. Yeah. He wasn't, he didn't live a year. Yeah. After Shug got him out, he was dead bef- within that year. He didn't yeah. even live. The, there was so much more, yeah. more to this dude. So much. I mean, I had, I had that time with, uh, with, uh, with him and Stretch left the, and Stretch was another dude. They went, left the side of Juice to go knock this dude out. That was Stretch. That was Stretch. That was Stretch. I mean, I had him knock the dude out and the legs go up, and, and, you know, and then they go back and then he just go into the scene. Like, I had all this stuff that, like, right. people with him and Tretch actually auditioned for Juice. Right. Know, like, I had all this stuff that, they, I haven't even seen that dumb bumfuck ass movie. I won't watch it. But I had stuff that only you and I would know. Right. And of course, the fact that he was married when he got locked up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. How do you leave that out of a movie? That Tupac had gotten married. He got they got annulled after he came home, but when he got with with Suge and them, that's when his marriage got annulled. But he was married yep. the whole time that he was locked up, and that's yep. some shit. It bothers me because these young kids see it and they think it's that's, like, that's the truth. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Exactly. That's the truth, and, and and sometimes it's not. It's just somebody's take on it, and it's fucked up. Yeah, you know what I mean. So hopefully one day, a couple of years down the line, you will bless us and do the real Tupac story. Yeah. We were like that. You got to put this young man in there some way. He's tall enough. He can play stretch. <laughs> you're tall enough. You're, very, you're much taller than I anticipated, man. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Was it was it difficult for you to cast him because he's so tall? Because usually when you go out for casting, nah. you're too tall and everybody else is short. It's kind of like, you I know. I didn't give him the benefit of that because he was from England. I was like, how are you English? How are you going to get this shit now? <laughs> and that's funny because there's an article on LA Times. We were joking about it, but I said, they said, how do you get the role? I said, well, I drove in South Central. I I, 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 I went up to the park and I pushed him out. I said, survive it. You <laughs> but it wasn't that. He and I yeah, took a walk. We took a walk in the park yeah. in my office in mm-hmm. Lamar Park. And I just, we sat on the bench. I said, just watch the people, listen mm-hmm. to the people. And it's, it's a park where, where people, where they, a lot of people first get out of jail, they go there and just hang out and congregate. Right. And we were just sitting there watching it, watching people and everything. And he started looking at people and how they talk and how they act and everything and stuff. He's a chameleon. This dude is com- as a chameleon. Like he can look at things and just really emulate folks. Right. And so that's, you know, that's why he. Yeah, did. I see that because, like I told you before, I watch Snowfall all the time and I had no idea until I read your bio that you were English. No idea whatsoever. I was like, John just found him a gem somewhere in South Central Los Angeles because you play it so well. You play it to the hilt. You play it. You're vulnerable. I can feel the emotion coming from the screen when I watch it. It's Snowfall, ladies and gentlemen, is something that you need to watch. It's not a fucking hood movie that some drug dealer decided to put up some money in, and it's the regular story. Drug dealer gets out, falls in love. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not even that it's, it's, it's a really good series with really great character development that you need to watch. But I read in your bio, Damson, that you didn't want to be an actor. What were you doing? I wanted to play football. Soccer. and Soccer. Yeah, yeah, soccer. Yeah. Really? America. Yeah, man. Up until 20, 2021, I wanted to play football badly. Um, and if they call me, I'd still, I'd still go back. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, acting really just found me, you know. Um, my sister pushed me to go and study drama in Bruno University. And then I was lucky to get an agent at Identity Drama School. And then um, from there, the ball was kind of in my court. Um, and then, you know, ran into this story. My favorite movie is America Gangster. Okay. And my, my favorite actor is Denzel Washington. Okay. So his character in American Gangster is called Frank Lucas. So when when the email came through and it was like Franklin Saint, I was like, it's mine. <laughs> and I was I was from there, you know. I was I was American at home, um, well before even getting an, an audition to come out to LA. I was like, I'm gonna start preparing now. Wow, so, yeah, you spoke cool. that one into existence, huh? How old are you now? Twenty six. Twenty six. How the ladies treating Mister Franklin Saint nowadays? And and your last name is Idris. Uh, it's ugly. It's no, ugly. No, I'm taken. I'm taken. Yeah. Yeah, oh really? I've got a queen. I've got a queen. Okay. Is she back in London? She is. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, she's always here with them. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah she yeah, better yeah. be. Yeah. Well, bone arrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a good thing. Let me ask you, Damson. What do you want? What is your ultimate goal in this business? I just hope to um, take the responsibility. You know, I really want to take the responsibility for my community and be seen as, you know, this generation's Brando and, and, and Portier. You know? mm-hmm. I really want to, you know, continue my career and, and, and do roles that are meaningful to me and also meaningful to my community. Who's Franklin Saint to you? He's Fuck sweet- what John thinks. Who is he to you? <laughs> He's a sweet kid, you know, who um, who's in a situation that I think a lot of us can relate to. You know, he's he's born in this time where he's not in this business to necessarily be a gangster and wield a pistol. He's in it to, you know, raise his community and raise his people. And unfortunately, because of the happenings of the show, he's going to turn into the monster that we all expect. Mm. 
Mm, mm, mm. Y'all got to watch Snowfall, man. It is, it is absolutely phenomenal. Season 2 premieres July 19th at 10, 9 Central on FX. Thank you for your time today, gentlemen. John, you know you're my man from way back, man. It, it goes without saying, baby, for real. All right. I'll holler at y'all, man. Come on, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.